God, we thank you so much for the opportunity to be in your presence right now. Jesus, we thank you that you're here. You're with us. And it's my prayer today that each one of us would come to a deeper understanding of just the love that you have for us. Just the love that you have. God, you would give Jesus that we could know you. You would call us to walk in relationship with you. Now I pray that as we start this series today, that's all about living with you in relationship, that you'd speak to each and every one of us. You would guide us. You would pull us, pull us towards you. It's in Jesus' precious name I pray. Amen. So you may have a seat now. That's wonderful. Thanks for that great new song. And seeing Lindsay up here again. Yay, Linz. Woo! Yeah, I got to... You know, she had a baby, in case you don't know that, and uh, little Dylan, I just got to see him as his daddy brought him to the nursery this morning. Yay, daddy, okay, because mom had to be here really early, and he had three kids to get here today now, so uh, yay for him. Oh, man, I am so excited for today. I got to spend a really wonderful time with several of the men of our church uh, at our retreat up at Lake Tahoe. It was the most beautiful experience in every way possible. And I just want to say to you guys that I know that life is busy, and I know that uh, for some of you, you've just got this fear of men's retreats, uh, just deep inside. And for some of you, you're just thinking, well, what will it be in here? You know, I have all these, it's just, it was a wonderful experience. So when it comes time to talk about next year, I just want to encourage you that you might just take a risk and come. Uh, because this was the richest year of all the years we've ever had, and just I want to don't want you to miss that. Just want to encourage you uh, about that as well. So we got all kinds of stuff I want to share today, uh, just to kind of kick it off and to help us to know what it is that we're going to be doing in this series. So first of all, you want to grab your message notes, and notice they're smaller this week. They don't have the center section, which we usually have homework in, because we're going to encourage you to be part of a community group. And so uh, if you're not, you can just tackle what's on the sheet and uh, look at this for your devotions this week. That'd be wonderful, but I just want to encourage you to be in one. And when you join one, you're going to get a book, and that book's going to guide you through some discussion questions. There's going to be DVD-driven, and it's going to tie to what we're doing on Sunday mornings. And so I think it'd be very helpful if you wanted to just get in a group if you're not in one yet. Uh, I want to draw attention to another book. This is separate. This is different from the book that you'll get in your group, okay? It's called True Spirituality, and it's on Romans 12. And this is a devotional that was written to go along with what we're doing. Now, uh, you can order these in your group when you get there. We have a few in our bookstore this morning if you wanted to pick one of these up. It's just a devotional. It's extra. It's different. Just everybody hear me. Different than what you're going to get in your community group, okay? So just know that. But I just want to encourage you that this might be something that you can use uh, to help you as well, Uh, maybe especially if you're not going to make your way into a group as well. So Okay, so we're, we're in Romans chapter 12. And Romans was written by the Apostle Paul. And we've been talking about Paul a lot, right? We just finished 2 Timothy. We had a great time through 2 Timothy. Now, Paul, when he wrote uh, 2 Timothy, he was writing to Timothy. Timothy was in Ephesus, and uh, he was writing to him because he was the pastor to encourage him. So Paul's writing this book of Romans, and he's writing it to people who live in... Come on. It's not a... Yeah, Rome, right? (laughs) That's not that hard. 
You're really smart, okay? Live in Rome. And uh, tell you, I'm tired. I was all with the guys all weekend, and I need extra espresso this morning just to be up here. Uh, and so, but what's your excuse? Okay, <laughs> now I'm teasing. <laughs> okay, so he's writing what is the, one of those comprehensive studies of the beliefs of the Christian faith. He's laying out, as we're going to look at today, some teachings that would help us to understand the Christian faith for those who've decided to enter into a relationship with Jesus. So I just want to let you know right now what we're praying happens in this series. So we've been praying for weeks and even months when we decided exactly which series we do this fall. We're praying that followers of Jesus Christ, uh, those who've crossed over the line of faith, those who have said yes to Jesus' offer of forgiveness and cleansing and then invited him to be the leader of their lives, we're designed that this series is designed to help followers of Jesus Christ to grow to be more like him, to grow to be more like him. So if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, this series is for you. If you've ever wondered how to grow, or maybe you've grown and you feel stalled, or you feel stuck in some way in your walk with Jesus, I just want to say today, this series is for you. If you want to be transformed to be more like Jesus, this series is for you. If your spouse wants you to be transformed, this series is for you, okay? So just know that. If you're not a follower of Jesus, this is great. This is awesome. If you're not a follower of Jesus, it's just a great time to hang around and look, get an inside look at the Christian faith. I'll use that term, Christian faith, and what it really is. To go beyond the stereotypes that you see in the media and maybe from some of your friends or maybe some that you believe as well. And look inside and see what it really means to follow Jesus. I'm just so eager because I want to know, what does God want to say to me during this series? I'm so looking forward to what he does. So as we begin today, I want us to be aware of the context, okay? We want to be always aware of context when we study the Bible. And so I'm going to take some time. That's what I'm going to do today is just give us context, and I'm going to introduce what we're going to be doing in the series. But I want to talk about Paul's intent. So the book of Romans was written in two sections, so we can break it down into two sections. So you want to write these in on your blanks there. The one is verses one, chapters 1 through 11, and this is doctrinal. So the emphasis is doctrinal. That's doctrinal. And doctrinal is what we believe. It's what we believe. The first 11 chapters are all about what we believe. Now, the second part of the book that we're going to be looking at begins with chapter 12. It goes through actually verse six, chapter 16, the rest of the book. The emphasis is transformational, transformational, and it's all about what we become. It's all about what we become. So as we believe in our heads, then that is worked out, and then it transforms us, the rest of this and we become like Jesus. That's the key. So the question we're going to ask as we begin is, what would your life look like? What would your life look like? Who would you be? How would you change if you became a Romans 12 follower of Jesus? Follower of Jesus. So why is that a big deal? Well, Romans 12 it is one chapter in the Bible, I know, but it gives us the cliff notes. It's an executive summary of what it means to follow and walk with Jesus. So what I want to do is, is I want to help today in this series, we're going to help to, to close the gap. And here's the danger 
and why many people get stalled in their faith, and then why they become actually irrelevant in our world is because they get stuck and they believe that Christianity or being a follower of Jesus is all about what's in here. It's all about knowledge. It's all about instruction. It's all about the teaching element. And so they spend all their time focusing on doctrine, focusing on information. And what we want to do is we want to bridge this gap between knowledge, which is very important, very important, to application. And how do we live out the knowledge that we have? And so one of the keys is, and I think this is one of the struggles in our church today, not our church, but the church overall, is that we have so many people that are so focused on knowledge, but they don't know how to apply it to life in a way that those who don't agree with them can understand. Now, it's great. We can talk to those who agree with us, right? And we can talk about what the Bible says, and we talk about truth, and we're all high-fiving each other about, yeah, that's true. That's awesome. And then we go and talk to somebody who doesn't believe the Bible, and we say, hey, here's what the Bible says. And they're like, that. And so we just don't know how to do that. So what we want to do is we want to learn how to bridge the gap between knowledge and application and actually how to live it out in a way that transforms us and changes us. See, once again, culture looks in at church, looks in at followers of Jesus and says, you guys have all this information. And many people that don't go to church know some of what the Bible says. And so they'll use the Bible to say, you don't do what the Bible says. You just don't do it. So why would I believe what you say you believe if you're not going to live out what you believe? And so what we want to do today is we want to bridge that gap. We want to narrow it and come in and we want to learn to actually live out what we believe. Live it out. So Romans 12 through 16 talks about the response. So one through chapters 1 through 11 is all about what God has done for us. And so Paul lays out the essential doctrines of the Christian faith. And he talks about the fact that God has made everything, and God communicates to everyone through nature, and that we are all sinful in our condition, and then that God sent Jesus to die for us, and that we would know him, and then as we know him, that he has paid the penalty for our sins, and now we get to walk with him in relationships. That's, that's actually basis, basically chapters 1 through 11, and then chapter 12, he gets down, and he talks about what it means. So R12, we're calling real spirituality, real spirituality. So what I want to do is get an understanding of what it means and get you to understand this concept and this term, real spirituality today. So four ideas we're going to look at about real spirituality. First is this, real spirituality begins with an accurate picture of God's love, accurate picture of God's love. See, the deeper that we come to a place where we can understand that God loves us, that God loves you, and that he wants what is best for you, the more likely it will be that you will make the changes that he's asking you to make. The more you understand his love, the more likely it will be that you will make the changes he's asking you to make because he's asking you to make changes that are for your best, for your best best in every way, in every way. Now, I talked about this at our men's retreat on Friday night. I had an awesome experience. We talked about God's everlasting love. We talked about the fact that God has, has when you come to know Jesus, that God has your, his, your name imprinted on the palm of his hand, and that what God wants you to know is that when you can believe 
This is the key thing that we want to believe, is that when you can believe that you are his beloved, that he loves you, then you can now enter into this process of becoming like Jesus. You believe it, that he loves you, that you're the beloved, now you enter into the process of becoming like Jesus. So first of all, I just have to believe that God loves me, and for some of us, that's just a huge leap. Found this to be true at our men's retreat and some of the gaps we have, uh, especially as guys, as we look at the ways that we were imprinted or formed. And so uh, we were imprinted or formed in a way that said that we were only acceptable by what we do or what others say or what we have. And God says, no, you're acceptable because of who you are. You're the beloved when you're in Jesus. And now let's walk in relationship together. Okay, so second idea is this. Real spirituality begins with an accurate understanding of God's grace, of his grace. Now, there are four mega grace themes in Romans 1 through 11, and I want to just kind of highlight those and help us understand that before we run into chapter 12 today. In chapters 1 through 3, we learn that we are saved by grace. And so, you know, he explains that, Paul explains the fact that God even communicates himself through creation, and that all people have a chance to know God through even creation outside of the spoken word. And then that everyone has sinned and have moved away. All have sinned and all fall, and have fallen short of the glory of God. And so he's talking about the fact that then God comes in with grace to remedy that problem. Verses four, I mean, chapters 4 through 5 shows how we are sanctified. Sanctified. Big word means transformed. Sanctified by grace. So God makes us his friend, and he provides a way for us to become like his son. In Romans 6 through 8 chapters, the focus is on how we are strengthened by grace, how we are strengthened by his grace. God gives us what we need so that we can stand strong and walk with him, and it's all a gift of grace. Chapters 9 through 11 talk about how we are secured by grace. Now, it actually begins with chapter 8, verse, chapter, chapter eight, verse 31. If you know, you know what Romans is all about, it says nothing separates. So it actually begins right there, chapter 8, verse 31, through the end of 11. talks about how we're secured by grace. Talk about how we can have confidence because God is working out all things in this world. So real, real spirituality begins with this proper understanding of God's love and then being able to embrace the fact that he loves me and then also an accurate understanding of God's grace and then what does that mean for me and the life that he's called me to live. And so then what happens is, as Paul's writing and he goes through chapter 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, towards the end of chapter 11, he is so moved by what he has written as he's talked about how what grace is, how grace is appropriated, how grace works, how we are to respond to grace, that he's so overwhelmed by that with just such a deep sense of awe and worship in his heart that he wraps up this entire section with a doxology, a song. And that's what chapter 11, verses 33 through 36 are all about. It's a song. And just a song of what the wonder of what God's done. And we're actually going to look at verses 33 and 36. These are our memory verses. And so it says, 
Paul just gets all wrapped up and he just gets all engaged in singing, much like we did today uh, when the song was started at a certain level and then it picked up energy and it filled the room and we stood up and we joined in and singing in that song. That's exactly what's happening right here with Paul. And he says this, oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom of knowledge of God. That's a mouthful right there. How unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable are his ways. So I'm going to bet just bet that for most of us in this room, we've never memorized anything that has inscrutable in it. Okay, so now just know that's what you're going to get to do that now. Okay, inscrutable uh, are his ways. So, but that means beyond scrutiny. For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. So he ends this section with his praise, the song of doxology. So grateful for what God has done through grace. He's so excited. And I just think he took a breath. He may have gone for a long walk. Actually, he wasn't. He was in prison, wasn't he? So he didn't go for a long walk. Uh, but he reflected for just a moment. In his mind, he went for a walk, okay? That's what he did. He visualized that. So that's our context. And so then he says, oh, wow. Wow. That is so awesome. But we say this a lot around here. Once you know truth, you have to apply truth. So once you know it, then you have to ask, so what? And so now Paul gives us the so what to the truth that he's given us in these verses. And he begins in verse uh, chapter 12, where we are, verse 1. I'm just going to look at verse 1a because we're going to come back and walk through all of these next week. And it says this, I appeal to you, therefore, circle the word therefore, and by the mercies of God, and if you, you know, have been around very long, you know that when there's a therefore, you always have to, have to, ask, have to ask the question, what is the therefore, therefore, right? So, so why is it there? So he's drawing us back to what he's talked about in the first preceding 11 chapters. And he says this, therefore, I appeal to you by the mercies of God. What he's saying is God has been merciful to you, and I appeal to you now. And this is what I'm saying. I'm, I'm just doing the same thing right now that Paul is doing, okay? I appeal to you now by the mercies of God to let God be the guide of your life, to let him be the one who calls the shots. To learn to walk with him as a friend. To know that you are much loved. To know that God wants the entire world to know the same thing. That you are the beloved of God and he wants us to let others know they're the beloved of God as well. And now, by the mercies of God, I'm going to let him transform me into the likeness of his son, Jesus Christ. So Paul is appealing to us that we would enter into a lifelong process. Now, you know, I'm, I'll just, I'm 58, okay? I'll just say it. Get it out. Just get it out. There's confession, okay? There we go. Good for the soul. I've been walking with Jesus since I was 25. That's 33 years walking with Jesus. So... What I, what I get to this place is, is sometimes I get so frustrated because I'm a perfectionist. I get so frustrated that when I've been walking with Jesus for 33 years, and when I do an honest look at myself, I don't think I look much like Jesus. Honest. And so it can get frustrating 
because I want to be more like him. And so what he's saying here, and he's saying to me, the encouragement to me is that it's a lifelong process and that we continue in the journey. And in that journey, just heads up, guys, we're going to have ups, we're going to have downs, we're going to have flat spots, we're going to have mountaintops, we're going to have valleys, we're going to have all this experience as we walk with him. And we need to accept that and we need to understand that that's part of it. So here we go. Real spirituality, it's based on what we learn from Romans 12. So this is the next key is this. Real spirituality is built on the foundation of God's word. The foundation of God's word. So this book, the Bible, is the source. It's all we need to live the with God life. I heard that expression recently. The with God life. And this is the way we know God. It's through the Bible. It's the primary way that God talks to us. Now, it's been pretty eye-opening for me in the past couple of months to hear people who claim to be followers of Jesus Christ or they have, are wearing the label evangelical make statements about cultural events going on all around us that contradict the Bible. It just blows me away. It blows me away. If you wonder how people who claim to be followers of Jesus Christ can make such just incredulous statements about some of the moral issues of our day, it's because they've gotten away from their reliance on the truth of the Bible. Truth of the Bible. So folks, as we begin chapter 12, next week we're going to come up against one of the most difficult choices that any follower of Jesus Christ ever makes. Am I going to give God what he wants, or am I going to make my own way in life? Am I going to give him what he wants, or am I going to make my own way in life? Am I going to do it as God says, or am I going to do it as I think it should be done? And the determining factor is whether or not I'm going to make the Bible the authority for my life, the authority. See, we have so many sources that claim to uh, give us the answer to our spiritual malaise, that, you know, this boredom that some people walk with in their spirituality. And as followers of Jesus, here's what I want to see just help us with. We end up chasing after every new thing, every new teaching, every new program, every new experience because, you know, we got excited about the one that came before. All of a sudden we found it wasn't fulfilling us anymore. So we go to the next one, the next one, the next one until we become Christian experience junkies what we do. And really what God says is, you know, if you'll just come to this book, if you'll just come here, you're going to find all you need for life. You're going to find it right here. And so we're going to build on the foundation that real spirituality is built on the words of God. And second is this, real spirituality is built on the power of relationships, power of relationships. Now, we go through relationships. In fact, when you look at the Bible, it's all about relationships. And so uh, when we get to this series now, we're going to look at five relationships. And so five relationships. So we're going to go through the power of relationships. That's your fill in there, the power of relationships. And we're going to look at five relationships. So after today, we'll begin with next week with relationship one, two, three, four, five through this series and talk about how we live out these relationships in life and that how God wants to use those to mature us uh, into 
real followers of Jesus who, who know him. So on the backside, you know, I've already heard you turn them over. You're trying to hurry me up. Never works, by the way. Never works. So five relationships. First one is this. My relationship with God. Most important one. My relationship with God, which requires I surrender to God. So that's what I was saying. This is going to be the hardest, hardest talk next week. My relationship with God, which requires I surrender to God. Verse 1 again. I appeal to you, therefore, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual act of worship. So the verse, this verse asks this question. What will be the center of your life? What will be the center of your life? And so, folks, everybody has to have something they believe in and that they live for. And we're going to look at this next week as we talked about, talk about giving God what he wants most. And what God wants most is you, every one of us. He wants us. And what we'll discover is, and I want you to write this one word down. When we surrender to God, we discover his power. Just write that in a blank right there, power. That's what we're going to discover when we surrender to him. Second is this, my relationship with culture. And wow, this one's going to be wild. And this is the one we're going to see that if I'm going to become like Jesus, I must separate from cultural influence. I must separate myself from the influence of culture. On this week, we're going to talk about how to eliminate competing distractions that would Distract us away from this book and get in the way from us following God's way. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So on this week, we're going to discover how to give, how we get God's best for our lives. So the first one is how we give God what he wants. The second one is how we get God's best for our lives. And so we're going to ask the question, what is it that is, I'm allowing to shape my character? What is it I'm allowing to shape my character? And we have to decide whether we're going to be shaped by God-honoring convictions and values or we're going to allow ourselves to be shaped by our culture. And when we do this, when we wrestle with this, that we're going to learn to know God's peace. You want to write peace right beside there. Peace. That's what we're going to experience as we give ourselves into this relationship and understanding is peace. Third, my relationship with myself. And in order to do this, I need to make a sober, be sober in my self-assessment. Sober in my self-assessment. Now, this is going to be another hard week as we talk about honestly about who we are and who God says we are. And then be honest about that and look inside at ourselves. Verse 3. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. But to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. So what we're going to do is we're going to just assess ourselves. We're going to look at ourselves this week and just be honest about who we really are. We're going to discover the passions that we have for life. And in this, we're going to discover, you want to write this down, God's purpose. Purpose. This is the P for this one. God's purpose. We're going to discover this as we go through and do this honest self-assessment. Fourth, my relationship with followers of Jesus, with followers of Jesus, which requires that I serve others in love, that I serve others in love. 
and I didn't put all the verses here because there's several that we're going to look at this day. This is the one that will be our memory verse. Love one another with brotherly love. Then circle this, outdo, outdo. You know, most of us are just, you know, trying to be even all the time. You know, we give and we let you give and we try to just maintain this kind of even status. But here he's saying, outdo one another in showing honor. So as we make community, this is what this is about, community with other followers of Jesus Christ, what, we ha- what happens is, this is so wild, we experience God's presence. So that's the P there, God's presence. Uh, it's really cool because that's why we encourage you to come to church. You can experience God's presence anywhere. But as we've said again and again and again, and I'll say it today, that there's something that happens when God's people come together that magnifies God's presence magnifies it. And so when we love one another, we're experiencing his presence. And last, my relationship with those who have wronged me. My relationship with those who have wronged me. We're going to learn how to respond naturally to evil. Uh, Supernaturally. It's not natural. Supernaturally to evil. And so this week, we're going to talk about how Jesus calls us to overcome evil with good when we've been wronged. And so he says in verse 21, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And this week is all about gaining God's perspective. That's the P, gaining God's perspective as I claim the promise of Jesus. So now just want to make sure we're catching on to what real spirituality is all about. It's about relationships. Now it's measurable. This is a key thing. Real spirituality is measurable. You can measure, am I surrendered to God? You can measure that. You can measure, am I separated from the world's values, from culture's values? You can measure whether or not you have a sober self-assessment or not. You can know that. You can measure whether you're loving those in your church family. You can measure whether you're supernaturally responding to evil with good. And then what happens is, is little by little... As we walk through this together, that's why we're going to do it as a church family, we learn to trust and obey God by faith, and then we will begin to experience, going back through this again, God's power, God's peace, God's purpose, God's presence, and God's perspective. We'll learn both of those as we go through this together. Now, look at this next verse. We're going to close with this. Paul, earlier in chapter 8 in Romans, says this. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed. Would you underline that, circle it, conformed to the image of his son? So what I I think that we want to leave with today is this idea that God has a dream for every one of us. You know, when my kids were born, I remember having dreams for them. And what they would become. And I remember trying to, you know, instill into them certain things that would help fulfill the dreams that I had for them. And that God has a dream for every one of us. And he wants to instill certain things in us that will help fulfill the dream he has for us, for you. And that dream is that you would be conformed. You would be changed. You would be transformed so that you look like Jesus Christ. So what I think God wants to do is he wants to raise up. God-honoring, joy-filled, healthy people. That's his dream for you. So my question is this. What would you 
look like? How would you be different? Who would you become if you fully engaged and you made it your goal in life to become a Romans 12 follower of Jesus? What would our church look like if the majority of the people who came to Twin Cities Church made it their goal to become Romans 12 followers of Jesus? Just imagine the joy, imagine the peace, imagine the impact that we could have if we allowed God to use us, use us for his purposes in this world. And so God says, I want you to surrender all. All to Jesus, I surrender. All to him. I freely give so that you can know my best and you can know my power. That's where we're going. And here's the question. Will you go? Will you engage? Will you allow God to speak to you through this series and allow him to help you to become more like his son, to live in real spirituality so that you fulfill the dreams he has for you? Let's pray together. As we begin our prayer, I want to say this just so we can all hear it. Really focus in. This is not, this series is not a try harder series. This series is not, here's the moral code, now live up to it. This series is a faith response to what God has already done. Real real spirituality has nothing to do with you living a good life so that God will love you. God loves you. He can never love you more than he loves you right now. He can never love you less than he loves you right now. Real spirituality is about grace. It's about God empowering us, filling us, because we are entering into the stream of exactly where he wants us to go, exactly who he wants us to become. So Jesus, I pray now that as we enter into this process, we enter into this journey together, that you would use this to transform me I look at the five relationships here, and I'm just going, oh, I need all five of these. There are areas that I'm not surrendered to you. Not fully, anyway. So I just ask that you would show me, just as you're going to show everyone here, exactly how you want to take the knowledge of what Jesus has done And then you're going to help them to work it out in real life so that we become like him. And God, I just want to pray because there may be someone here who's never said yes to Jesus because they've actually heard the gospel in this message today that they want to know Jesus. And so if that's you, you would say, Jesus, as much as I understand this today, I give myself to you. I come to you because I have sinned. I have done wrong. I come to you because you died on the cross for me. 
come to you because you love me. Forgive me, cleanse me, make me new, and I want to walk with you the rest of my days. And I want to enter into R12 with this church so that I can learn early on the pathway to become what you dream for me in my life. Jesus, I pray that for all of us, that we give ourselves over to this season. It's in your name we pray. Amen.